Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You better not listen. Okay. You might wind up in critical condition. Ha-ha! American males! It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome to the hottest night in professional wrestling. It's the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. This is where we look back on a wild time in the world of professional wrestling. Yes. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. It, it's, it's the, you know, <laughs> for youngsters, you're seeing it play out in real time with Dub Dub and AE Dub. We're going back to the OG. The old school, the original. Yeah. yeah. The first war of the Monday nights <laughs> and the wrestling. Who be we doing that? I'd be fake Geordie, radio presenter of that portfolio. Tom Campbell and I am with uh, one of the, the finest editors that ever popped out of. I know where are you editors born? I, I don't even know. A big volcano. Just, we sort of congeal around the bottom of coffee cups <laughs> if you leave them long enough. Ashtrays, <laughs> that kind of place. Yeah, it's Nitro Boy. <laughs> it's WCW Boy Sound Driver. How are you, Sam? Yeah, I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I've, I'm doing well. Right, this cardigan uh-huh. has been much conversation. Right. For the past 24 hours. Why? Because I wore it yesterday. Yeah. And for the first... And I, and I found it when I was digging out some stuff in, in, a, in a cupboard at home. Yeah. And I haven't worn this for years. And I put okay. it on. And I got told by uh, an older, attractive woman that I look a bit like Pierce Brosnan in that Eurovision. Ooh, you saucy, saucy I devil. I know. So I will <laughs> accept that. And, and my good lady was present when that compliment was thrown. So it's not cheating. And then as soon as Fraser came upstairs today, he went, that's a lovely cardigan. So yeah. Even Fraser fancied well, me today. cardigan, mate. Just keep rocking them. I think cardigans are the future. Pierce Brosnan. You could just lie. Get yeah. free meals and stuff. <laughs> I definitely, if you're watching on the Patreon, you can see, I definitely, <laughs> definitely look like Pierce Brosnan. Oh, 100%. Thanks, mate. Don't know how I didn't see it before. Well, you know what? You, you, you're forgiven. <laughs> you know, and, and, and if you're watching this going, oh, he's a, he looks great in a cardigan. You're only human. And that's fine. That's fine. What's your week been entailing? Uh, I saw you putting a table up earlier. Editing, building a table. Look at that. Um, Proper manly stuff. Mate, honestly, like I, I, I'm starting to really worry about my my <laughs> brain because I, people go, oh, so what do you get up to? And even if it's like stuff today, it's like, um, I don't know, I can't. You've remember. forgotten already. Yeah, I, I just wow. forget. It's just sort of mile a minute as what comes to me. It just well, gets done. And also, a lot of stuff is top secret until it comes out. Yeah. So there's some stuff we can't talk about, of course. Mm, so, yeah. That thing that we did earlier, we can't talk about. Ooh. <laughs> 
we can talk about wrestling from off of the past, though. And that is what we are doing. We're chronologically critiquing Monday Nitro from its very beginning to its bitter end or ours. And we are off the heels of Fall Brawl War Games, War Games. which we did a watch along of last week, which you can listen back to. You can watch War Games with us. I know, right? And uh, we are heading into... Now, now we start Nitro proper because like, we had the first Nitro and then it was immediately into a pay-per-view. Yeah. But now we're going to get like the, the wheels down and we're away. Yeah. Week to week to week ratings wars and all that stuff. I can mm. give you the results from the, from the, the ratings well, war. While you do that, I'm going to quickly move this chair and cable because I'm just I just sure. worry about catching things. No, so no, no, no. You, you do you that. Do the rundown. I'll do. I'll do a rundown of how things went. <laughs> um, so week one ratings, where we are currently at, uh, it was a win for Nitro. Yeah, first week uh, Nitro got a two point five. Raw got a two point two. So it's like, that's a great start. Uh, Dave Meltzer in The Observer writes, since WCW is owned by a TV company, and because beating Vince McMahon seems to be a primary goal as opposed to making a large profit, yeah. they're willing to go into deep deficit spending every week just to beat McMahon on Monday. And this is this is in contrast to what we talked about on the classic Raw review, where Vince McMahon doesn't want to spend a lot of money on, yes. on telly. Vince, Vince is at a point where WWE is really starting to... Well, they, they've been struggling for a little bit, but they're, they're going through a very rough time right now financially as a company. Mm. Uh, and it's only kind of mounting and mounting and mounting, whereas Turner had the money to just throw at it over and over and over again. And you'll see even the start of this episode, if you go back and watch it, uh, episode three of Nitro, Bischoff is already touting. He's already going, the most watched wrestling show in America and all this stuff. And he's really, really hyping it up. So they're, they're running full steam into the war. And WWE's kind of like, oh, <laughs> here we go. Sort of caught with their trousers <laughs> down, but not quite. And it's just, yeah, and, and they can't really do anything about and it's, it. And it. it's worth also noting WCW does have a secondary toe, uh, toe, secondary show still at this time, which mm. is uh, WCW Saturday night. So that was kind of, you know, the, the, the excess stuff, but Nitro was really, you know, the, the main the main thing. Saturday night was always their main show. Like historically, like even yeah. the start time at six oh five is like yes, a throwback. I mean, that's it. Yeah, it's it's all it's all there for you know people that have been watching wrestling for twenty years at the time, mm-hmm. thirty years at the time, however many years at the time, uh, and so they still had that tradition going on. But Nitro was rapidly starting to become more and more important to WCW moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, the Lex Luger situation continues to be an interesting one because WWF is claiming this week in the wrestling, we're going to get into uh, the episode of Nitro very soon, but we're going to take a look back at some of the headlines from this particular week. And WWF are claiming that Luger has a valid contract until January 6th, 1996. Well, we know that's a load of tripe. We certainly do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the time, it must have been pretty interesting to be like, oh, wow, okay, this could be getting quite hairy, quite courtroomy, and it's only going to get more courtroomy as it goes on, and I think all parties already are kind of aware of that because they're, they're really starting to ramp up toward big, big things that WWE aren't going to be happy about. But, yeah. It gets very courtroomy, and, and yeah. you know what? Get this, right? Luger's claimed all the way through... Uh, that he's been wrestling without a contract and he's yes. free to do whatever he wants to do. Apparently Luger, according to sources within WCW, this comes from The Observer at this time, yep. is now claiming that Titan put Whiteout, put Tipex on his original contract. Incredible. And filled out a new later date <laughs> in order to make this claim. Oh, that's the most carny thing I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. That's amazing. But 
I, you know, Luger it wasn't really somebody they wanted, but it was it was definitely a get for them. So the fact that he was he was able to work a house show in in New Brunswick and then just make the drive down was fantastic. And so, well, Bischoff didn't want him. We talked no. about this on uh, on the Fall Ball Watch a lot. Yeah. Bischoff didn't want him. Nah, Bischoff was sort of you know it was like a okay, well you know if you want to come in, then I'm not paying you that much. You're not that good, and yeah. he took it. Exactly. Two major revolutionary things happened in this week uh, that will that will that we talked about this in the in the watch along. We'll mention it again here. Two big things that we'll sort of see the the beginning of the end already for Monday Nitro. Yeah. Uh, that being the merger of AOL Time Warner mm-hmm. and all that comes with that, and also just a few days before this episode of Nitro, WCW fired Stephen Williams. Known as Stunning Steve Austin on the roster. Yes, and he's just going to fade off into obscurity and never be heard from again, surely. (laughs) It's all right. It's fine. Dave says Austin was considered for years as perhaps the best young wrestler in the United States. And he's been in the doghouse with WCW management over the past year over a reputation for not keeping quiet with his discontent about the company. (laughs) While on tour with New Japan in June, Austin tore his tricep. He's been out of action since and was believed to be about six weeks from being ready to return when he was fired. Off to ECW you go, young man. Yes, so he's going to go through a bit of a strange time, but he's going to make the most of it, and then he's going to become literally the biggest thing to ever happen to the wrestling industry, (laughs) arguably bigger than Hulk Hogan, you know, in terms of impact. So this is... This is just, yeah, step step one on the ladder to, to, to doom. Talking of bad times... Uh, Ric Flair was scheduled to undergo eye surgery on the 19th of Nitro mm-hmm. after the show, uh, which put him out of action for two to three weeks, which is why they're not doing a match with Arn Anderson and Flair this well this week or next week because Flair's off to have a bit of surgery. Yeah. It's been a tough one because uh, Flair's gold gym in St. Martin was destroyed in, a, in the recent hurricane. We talked about that on the Raw Review. Uh, and it was said to have not been insured, which is a six-figure <laughs> loss. Uh, William Regal recants telling Ric Flair the news in his book, Walking Around. Uh, Mile. <laughs> and Regal says Re- imagine having to break that news to somebody well this is amazing because Regal says I told him the bad news hey Rick a hurricane just went through St. Martin's he looked at me in the driver's mirror and his face dropped he said oh no brother I've got no insurance on my gym when a lot of people are completely wiped out the slightest thing can make them flip when I crack I start giggling not a bad way to crack. <laughs> Certainly better than trashing hotel rooms. I can go on for hours and laugh so much I make myself ill. That's what happened when I saw Rick's face. I started to giggle. <laughs> then I started to laugh. I already had a mouthful of my just sandwich. Imagine him trying to apologize as it's happening. <laughs> Bits of sandwich are running down my nose. Tears are streaming down my face. I was getting hysterical and I set Bobby off. <laughs> He was traveling with Earl Bobby. He didn't really know why I was laughing so hard, but it didn't matter because soon he started laughing. Soon Arn Anderson was laughing as well. We're all laughing except for Rick, who was driving towards the desert with a face like thunder. Every time I got my composure back, I caught sight of Rick's face and the look of total distress just set me off again. Arn got us to pull over at the worst truck stop you ever saw in the middle of the desert, came out with a bag of greasy onion rings and fries, that stunk up the car. We couldn't open the windows to ease it because it was baking hot outside and we had the air conditioning blasting. The stink made Rick furious, which made me start laughing again. <laughs> Every time I looked at him, I laughed. Every time I laughed, Bobby laughed. Rick
Rick looked at me in his mirror and said, I'm Ric Flair. I'm used to flying in Learjets and driving in limousines, and I'm stuck in the desert with three drunk lunatics. <laughs> when we calmed down, Bobby, who always used to call me Lord, said, Talk... <laughs> started talking about my lizard collection instead. Yes. Against his better judgment, Rick fell for it and asked me what I'd got. I went off on a long list of lizards and snakes I'd kept at the time. Rick looked at me in the mirror, deadly serious, and asked, are they alive? Arn Anderson shot straight back, no, they're nailed to a board in his house. <laughs> that set us off again, put Rick in a worse mood than ever. All this time we've been driving along this straight road through the desert. Rick asked me to have a look at the map and make sure we're going the right way. I had a look and read exactly what I saw. We're on the Mojave. We're in, in the Mojave Desert, fully pronouncing the J, the Mojave Desert. Oh, God. Rick looks at me as if to say, You silly bastard. And that starts me laughing again. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about. I remember when I, I, I bought that book first time around years ago. And I remember reading that and laughing. Yeah. And it's just even reading that again, I'm laughing. It just, it's just road <laughs> stories, man. You hear so many good road stories, but that's just, that's an old time. But it's more the realness of like, We've been there when everything is just so bad. Oh yeah, it, it hits to a, a point, point where the, you you either have to have a complete breakdown or you just start laughing, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but it's, I mean, there goes his retirement, probably right. Yeah, let's open some gyms. It'll be fine. I'm sure Rick will be better with money as the years go on. Oh. Uh, finally, Starcade in December, changing tack a little bit. It's going to have a group of WCW babyfaces taking on a group of New Japan wrestlers, apparently. Ooh. A lot of rematches from the Sumo Hall card in Tokyo from November. There'll be a team put and there'll be a team points deal. Apparently, New Japan will win the promotion versus promotion points deal in Japan. WCW will gain revenge at Starcade. Jushin Liger versus Chris Benoit may take place on both shows. Nice. Some decent wrestling. Yeah, some good, good wrestling. But this is what they do in it. They're, 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 they're a big character-driven company, but also they know that there's money in them wrestling hills. That, yeah, you know, if you've got people that you know can wrestle on the other side of the planet that the American audience don't know about and the competition don't seem to want to work with them, then work with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might have a hard time trying to make them stars, but you can at least have some exciting matches. Uh, let's move into this week's episode of Monday Nitro. Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and Mongo McMichael uh, are all in presence for commentary. Oh, Pepe's there as well. Pepe's there as well. Yes. How good? How good a boy is Pepe? Pepe's the best. Just like all the way through Nitro. Pepe the Chihuahua is the absolute goat. Just amazing. Like it's a bit. I don't know whether like. Would the, is this something cruel about making the holding the dog all the way through? Do you think he, he lets should, him? He should let him out have, for a little. He walk. should maybe have earphones. But yeah, like <laughs> uh, I, I reckon, I reckon, yeah, they probably they handed Pepe to Mongo for the shot and then. Take Pepe him out. Probably went for a bit of a you know quiet room walk. I hope so. I hope so. The giant and the taskmaster arrive in an ambulance for this week's episode of Nitro. Uh, giant is gloating about the three times he felt Hogan melt like putty in his hands. Mean Gene says, "Giant's the quote. Fu- what was the quote? Is like every time I got you in my hands, you melted like putty in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> just, just classic giant promo. <laughs> just keep mentioning the hands just in case." Uh, mean Gene. While they're, while they're just in front and center of the shot. <laughs> look at my. That's it. It's that whole one dimensional character they, book in it. Look just like, focus on your hands. They look like, you know, bratwurst, those they fingers. Are sausage so, fingers, aren't they? Yeah. He's, he's got, I think, a small hand, but a large frame of a hand. Like my hand, like if, if his hand was was one to one, same yeah. size as mine, we'd match. Yeah, but his hand's like small overall in terms of the actual size of the hand, yeah. like as in the layout of it, but it's like scaled up. 
Exactly. Yeah. Beefy, beefy hand, but smaller, but bigger. Uh, mean Gene says, Giants father Andre would be very disappointed in him. <laughs> We're still on that bullshit that Andre the Giant is the dad of Paul they, White. They haven't explicitly mentioned Andre. I don't think they ever explicitly mentioned Andre, do they? they oh, they, they, they have a couple of times. I was going to say, usually it's just like, your father, your father, your father, my oh. father, your father, my father. I think Gene says Andre the Giant here. Yeah. Like it's it was like I know OSW did a far better <laughs> job of talking about this than me, but the debut of our or the first appearances of Andre where he he attacks Hogan on the beach yeah. with a t-shirt that apparently Andre wore as as Fezziwig in uh, in in the the Princess Bride. Yeah, <laughs> throws it at Hogan. Do you remember this shirt, Hogan? <laughs> it belonged to my father. It's just, I just like how they're just going doubling down on Giant. Giant disagrees, though, that Andre be disappointed in him, saying his father will be right beside him, joy destroying Hulkamania. Absolutely. I think that was his whole shtick for a long time. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd definitely be there. Then they, they really made a point to, to make Paul White out to be the son of Andre the Giant. There were several articles on Yahoo Ask and Answers.com asking if Paul White is really the son of Andre the Giant. Yes, he is. There was yep. an article written last year for reference.com. That's why his surname is Rusimov. <laughs> Paul White, Rusimov. That's it. I thought I didn't know that was his full name, but what? you've said it, so I believe you. <laughs> but last year there was a whole article about is Paul White the son of Andre the Giant? I, people get curious about this stuff because if you think about it, like there are people who used to watch wrestling back in the day. <laughs> Haven't watched wrestling since like 1999 or 2001 or whatever. Uh, and then just haven't. Mm. And then all of a sudden there'll be like morning TV and you'll see Big Show just appearing on like an AEW advert. And it'll be like, oh, I remember him. Is he, wasn't he Andre the Giant's son? And then they'll Google it. Do you remember Yahoo Ask? Yes. Uh, I had a top-rated question on Yahoo Ask. Nice. Back in the day. And the question was, are Kane and Undertaker really brothers? Ooh. And and I gave uh, a very delicate answer as to why they weren't, and it got voted <laughs> the best answer on Yahoo Ask. There's no evidence of this because I don't think Yahoo Ask exists anymore. Well, I, I mean, think they took I mean, it down. They're, they're definitely not. They're, they're definitely not brothers. I don't know how you. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like Big Show and uh, sorry, Paul White and and Andre. Well, you can see the family resemblance yeah. in tall. <laughs> yeah, I mean they look the same. They they have the same accent. <laughs> The same singlets. <laughs> oh, why didn't they make Paul White the giant <laughs> French? Why didn't they make you Bobby Wee? <laughs> That'd have been amazing. I think Paul White would have pulled that Bonjour, off. Bonjour, Hogan. <laughs> Je m'appelle son of Andre. It's been so, so good. Uh, we open with the American males versus the Blue Bloods. Or do American we? Males, American males. 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 Oh, get a change at the end. Uh, the iconic American, American males theme tune written by Jimmy Hart. Yeah, like every, well, the iconic every theme tune written by Jimmy Hart, except Voodoo Child. Uh, yeah, so this... I have the lyrics here. Do you want the lyrics? Uh, have you got the proper... Uh, the proper lyrics. The proper lyrics. So, the of course, it goes American lyrics. Males a lot. American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, mind, American Males, American Males, American Males. The next bit is sung by a guy whose voice is just like... <laughs> it's like proper bad, like cheesy... 
cheesy it, radio it, rock. It so is. So it goes, American Males, repeat X7. Yes. Um, when you're feeling good, you'd better run for cover. That's right. Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. No, you don't. Mm. You know why? American, American males. males. <laughs> if they want to talk to you, you'd... Better not listen. Cram that in. If they want to talk to you, like what? You, what? You want to talk to you? You'd better not listen. Okay. You might wind up in critical condition. Ha <laughs> ha! American males. Wait, whoa, 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 so whoa! What, if they want to talk to you, no. So hold. If this what? Is your, this is your. This is your. This is your uh, electricity company. So the American males. Check, it up, check if a you, with your bill. It's like you don't need no weekend lover. What you need is an American male. But don't talk to him because they will beat you up. Everything about this is very counterintuitive. When In you're critical condition, that's not even that's like grievous bodily. That's yeah. like that's like getting hit by a truck. You know, <laughs> critical. That's very serious. They want to talk to this you. This isn't selling them as 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 very nice lads. Yeah, a couple of nice you know strippers just doing that bit Monday night job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Imagine like if you see American males pulling up, you know, they're blaring their theme music out of their car. American males. American males. Like, you're going to want to shut the, 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 the window on the garage, aren't you? Because if they talk to you, if you listen, you're what, in critical what condition. If, what if I'm like a, a 10-year-old kid, right, at a WCW event, oh. and I'm by the merch stand, right? And one of them just happens to be walking by, and he looks at me, he goes, hey, kid, now, what happens then? I'm 10-year-old kid with my, you know, my, my phone finger or whatever I've just bought... And, uh, well, and you're feeling, them, so you're feeling good. Of, well, yeah, I'm feeling good. Well, you better um, run for cover. Yeah, so I should run for cover, <laughs> but I'm I'm a bit unsure. But then one of them wants to talk to me and goes, "Hey, kid, does he then beat the crap out of me?" Apparently, he does. I hope Scotty Riggs wouldn't. It then goes American <laughs> American males repeat X14. They're irresistible. They're unpredictable. American may yeah 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 yeah. We're running out of steam. American males repeat oh, X14. God. <laughs> God. And then it just it loops as well. It just loops. And loops, loops and loops, and loops forever. Loops. Bagwell has been on WCW television on and off for several years. Did a couple of prelim things with Dub Dub F as well. Yes. All this. Yeah. Uh, previously teaming with Two Cold Scorpio, also teamed with the. Who has his own beautiful debut vignette. Have you oh, ever seen that? Oh, yeah. The kids trying to kind of bunk off school. And they're like, just it's like, oh, we shouldn't go to school. And then the, this limo comes by, and this woman's walking two kids past. And this beat starts, and she's just like, everybody, here comes two cold Scorpio. <laughs> and he comes, and he starts just like telling these kids they've got to go to school and stuff. And he's been like super positive, and he's just like completely. I think he just destroys them at basketball, and then they all like go to school. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things. I have ever seen. It's my favorite ever kind of coming soon, like vignette. I love how we go through this period in wrestling where we always must have one wrestler who's like, hey, kids, don't do a drug. Get to school. Yeah, but it, <laughs> and it's so trite. It, kinda, you, it is trite. They did kind of need it. I mean, we'd obviously have Make a Difference Fatu. Yes, uh, around about the same time. I remember hearing about that for the first time because I was a bit too young for that when it when it first was around and we didn't have WWF. So I remember hearing about it being like, really? But then you read up about the fact that Rikishi has survived being shot and you know it's it's a thing that's actually tied to him as a person it was like oh that is quite cool it might be a bit hokey but it's quite cool but they didn't i think they could have made it cool oh yeah but they just have this aversion to making something like that cool yes <laughs> hey kids don't just, do a drug just a little bit go to a go to a drug don't do school <laughs> uh, but, so, but so do we get no we wouldn't get the two cold scorpio video no, in, no, no, in no, the no, in no, the no, nitro no, no, years no, this we? is this is i think beforehand i think it's a oh. saturday night one he teamed with the patriot after two cold scorpio nice. they had a little team obviously then we have scotty riggs and the catchiest heck theme music yes uh, he then went on to form teams 
teams with Scott Norton and Shane Douglas. So he's had quite and Lex Luger later in later in his time as well. So who's this Bagwell? Bagwell. Yeah, and of course like Scotty partners. Steiner. He was he was in and around Big Papa Pump for so long. Mm. Like <laughs> that sounded awful. He was in and around <laughs> in Big Papa Pump. And around I just in the sphere around him. He was kind of orbiting. <laughs> he was not in his sphere. He was <laughs> He was orbiting. He was orbiting Big Papa Pump for quite some time. He was orbiting Pump's sphere for some time. Yes, his above Bagwell's top ten tag partner. I can't believe we've not had Scott Steiner come back and try and do a whole CM Pump thing though. Oh, we're waiting. We need it. Waiting. The world needs it. Like you know, he, he can go. He wrestled Jerry Lawler. He's a chick magnet. He's got all his freaks. <laughs> I just want him to turn up on like family friendly NXT really, and just really go, un- shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's got a really, really unsettling workout <laughs> tape where he's just, <laughs> he's just, yeah. Oh my God. What is Scott Steiner? <laughs> what is Scott Steiner? There is, I think with, with Bron Breaker doing what he's doing there, it just it gives hope that we will see Scotty Steiner in a, yeah. a WWE ring again, even just to go, Fucking love Braun Breaker. Like, it just no. needs to be just a simple line, like he's fat, or <laughs> the the uh, when he did the ring announcing, that was just gold. It was all just absolutely garbled nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we had Samoa Joe not been injured, conspiracy theories, um, we would have got Braun Breaker versus Samoa Joe in oh. about a week's time. And oh. Maybe they just thought the internet couldn't handle it, so they just they Samoa Joe was injured. We got this really hot match prospect. Can it? Can it? <laughs> Quick. Let's not get it. The memes will take it over. Did I come up with it? No, you didn't, Vince. Right. It's not happening. <laughs> Kill it off immediately. Uh, their opponents, uh, the American males, are the Blue Bloods. Wait, no, they're not. Because no. Harlem Heat has attacked Bobby Eaton yes, as he's making his way to the ring. Harlem Heat are not. Well, they're, they're kind of. They're happy boys because they won the title. They do not look happy boys tonight. They're, they're not happy boys tonight. they got a point to prove. He grabs the microphone as Booker T and says they're going to turn up the heat on Nitro by giving the make the American males an impromptu tag team title match. And of course, very kind. well, this is the thing as well. It just becomes a match. There's no contract. There's no nothing. The referee doesn't have anybody there at ringside to assist. So it's just right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. But on the on the heels of uh, the the pay per view, mm. obviously we had a bit of a weird situation involving Sherry Harlem Heat and the Colonel. Mm-hmm. And she she's kind of hopelessly in love with him whenever she sees him. But whenever he leaves, she'll snap out of it. <laughs> so that is going to come back to factor in this match a little bit. Rob Parker's the original fiend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the magic powers. Uh, decent showing by the American males, but Heat are dominant mainly. Yeah, Heat absolutely. Just It's a pure show of dominance. Uh, they, I mean, it, just the way Booker T's moving, it just feels new. It feels different. The way that commentary, one thing I really liked about this era was they weren't afraid to say things like, that's going to put you in the hospital or you're going to need to get that ambulance back or they, mm. they really sell like you know, oh, this is like really risky and oh, he's really done his vertebrae in there and oh, he's going to have trouble walking after this and he's going to need fusion surgery. And it was just sort of, I don't know, it just felt a bit more edgy, real because they were talking about things like that because it's, I don't know, it, it just felt more like a fight. I think a lot of focus on the wrestling as well overall because if you watch Raw, a lot of the times Vince and Lawler are just very adamant of just to shoehorn in pop culture stuff. Yes. And less focus on the action apart from Vince going, oh, what am I, nobody? <laughs> 
Like, that's about it. Whereas Sidewalk here, slam. you've kind of got Bischoff making these guys feel like stars. Yes. And like and dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you on the Booker T stuff. Some gorgeous kicks from Booker T. Like, already, like, there's a guy. Yeah. You don't, we'd, at this point, it's, it's you know, I, I think anybody that says, oh, Booker T was definitely going to be WWE world champion at this point, I think he's talking out their ass. I don't think we ever knew that. <laughs> but the fact that he was is amazing. But he certainly, like compared to Stevie Ray, he stands yes. out. But even Stevie looks great here. Like, it's not that Stevie Rough and ready. great. Like, they, they just work so well as a tag team. And I, I think it was just, you know, solid performance, but ultimately for nothing, wasn't it, Tom? Mm-hmm. It was indeed. So the match wears on. By the way, signing the crowd, um, we had a we had an anti nitro oh, sign. We want it raw sign. Yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, we had an anti nitro sign in the raw crowd, and now we have a pro raw si- sign in the nitro crowd. No love for nitro yet, but that will turn. That will turn. Uh, Bagwell gets a hot tag, runs wild as he is. Colonel Rob Parker heads out. <laughs> he heads out to make out with Sherry. Sherry goes to hit Bagwell with a yeah. shoe but instead falls into the waiting arms of Parker. So, and, yeah, Booker's got him set up ready for the shoe shot. <clears throat> Sherry's got the shoe, and then she literally spots him and just goes, ah. and just melts into him. <laughs> melts into his arms, like, put it in his hands. Uh, Bagwell counters a pump handle slam with a quick pin. Bagwell gets the three. New tag jumps. Crowd go mental. Harlem Heat livid. Of course, of course they went mental because, and just... <laughs> because they are. He's got the lyrics in front of him now. American males repeat times seven. <laughs> but, you know, now the audience is feeling good. They better run for cover. And all the girls, you don't need no weekend lover. <laughs> mm, American males. Mm, American males. <laughs> but now that they're champions, if they want to talk to you, you better not listen. <laughs> but then what if I want to ask them something? Then you'll end up in a critical p- condition. <laughs> American males, right. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about the opening match? I liked it. I thought it, it was kind of frenetic enough. It worked. It fit that Nitro feel where it just always kicks off hot. Mm. And I like that. We kind of sometimes we'll start straight into a match. Sometimes we'll get like a little bit of back and forth from the commentary. But it always feels like something happens at the start of a Nitro that kind of sucks you in for a bit. And they're really hyping. You know, this is the best hour of wrestling on TV, all leading into this match. And then you see a very energetic match for the time. You know, showcasing a more like strong style, not like strong style, strong style, but like a more hard hitting style, like more guess. intense style. Yeah, like Harlem Heat just bring it. And it, yeah. it, it's just like strike after strike after strike. And they're coming from different places. Like we're getting like wheel kicks and we're getting all sorts of stuff that you'd maybe see little bits of, but Booker's tying it all together so seamlessly. And then Stevie's getting in and just killing it. it it's just great. Like I'd kill for these two right now. Oh. In this day and age, could you imagine? Who's close, do you think, to like a team like Harlem Heat? Like, whilst they're somewhat technically proficient, but more just a pair of badasses. I'm trying like, to think within the industry, with it, like cause because because be- that, it's that's the thing is like the the in ring style is one thing, but it's just the cool cockiness of them. Mm. That even when they're being dicks. You kind of have respect for him because they just bring it. I, oh, I don't know. There's, there's a real. I mean, like, I think in general there needs to be a a tag team renaissance. Soon. Yes, I think we are desperately in need of one. It's all right. AEW will do that. something, and then WWE will be doing a tag team tournament or something, mm. and then and then it'll just do fifty eight more tournaments, mm. and then you know we'll be like, oh, it's been ages since we've had a tournament, <laughs> and then fifty come at once. Maybe Santana and Ortiz. 
San- oh, or maybe the Lucha yeah. Brothers. Lucha Brothers, Santana Ortiz. Yeah. So those those bigger set badasses that they kind of just bring a different feel to the yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah, they're a bit like that. We get a Slim Jim commercial featuring Randy Savage. Dutch tilt. Randy <laughs> Savage. Is that what You're it's called? The Dutch sleepy. tilt. Yeah. When you see a shot uh, that's on the piss, it's yeah. usually. You know, between zero and like 20, 25 degrees, you don't want it to be too far. Otherwise, it looks a bit hokey and it looks a bit forced. But if it's just off, it starts to feel a little bit odd because if you're seeing something. That Dutch tilt. No, Dutch uh, tilt's like a. Say, say, pointing at the sign like I'm at WrestleMania. Say, I come into the office and you're in there and it's a little film scene, right? Mm. And I go to the, the door and I open the cupboard and I'm like, where's my bottle of Pepsi? Right. And then you just look at me slowly, and then the camera just does this. Ah. And it looks a bit sinister, or it'll just cut back to somebody, and it, it looks off. But you see Macho Man, you know, with the little watch telling us that we're feeling very sleepy. Very sleepy. Uh, and you see it kind of going at an angle, and then you get the Slim Jim boy come in. Yeah. What's it called, whilst you're in uh, film brain mode, yes. when... Somebody is in the front for in the foreground, yep. but the background moves really quickly behind. That's a Spielberg shot. A Spielberg shot. Yes. So okay. Spielberg kind of pioneered it and and uh, brought it to the masses. Mm. But yes, essentially what you do there is you will move the camera forward or backward. And at the same time, you have to maintain focus on the person because obviously the focus is quite shallow. Yeah. And then at the same time, as you're moving, if you're zooming, if you're going in, you zoom out. Right. And if you're coming out, you zoom in. So therefore, and therefore, the person stays the same size, or should stay the same size in frame, but the depth of the focal length changes, ah. and it basically brings the background all in or all out. Right. So you'll A have that kind gear. of rush feel, but you're carefully moving and focusing and zooming at the same time as the movement in the opposite direction. Well, maintaining focus, obviously, but zooming the opposite way, and then that gives you that effect. But you. Got to try and maintain the person's like outline because mm. then it looks a little bit. Kind of- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
and it, but if you get it just right, oh. it looks great. Yeah, it's, it's, I always like that when they do that in a film. And that's that's it's, a that's a moment of realization shot. That yeah, one. like you, you, you like as you walk through, you just walk through the building where you live and you forgot your keys. Yeah, and you, oh, that's what I felt. I've locked I felt them in that. the fucking flat again. I've felt that many times. <laughs> So the Slim Jim story is quite an intriguing one. So yes. historically, it was a snack for beer drinkers. And they were like, we need to make this cooler, hipper, and trendier. For anybody who doesn't know what a Slim Jim is. Yeah, how uh, do we describe it? basically like a spicier, longer pepperami. They're like pepperami, are they? they got a bit more snap to them. they got a bit harder are skin. Are they like a beef jerky? No, jerky's more like chewy. Slim yeah. Jim's more kind of like... It's, it's some weird cross between almost like a kind of getting toward jerky territory but mm. still more like sausagey but it's kind of pepperami meets that but it was great beer drinking it did well in the beer drinking community because obviously yes. salty yeah and that's it you glug, you have glug, that glug. and you need uh need something to wash it down with i like it uh so but they wanted to make it cooler so they reached out to the wwf wrestlers so ultimate warrior and randy savage were part of this co-partnership deal with the wwf and yes warrior did adverts but it was something about savage that they love it's because he he probably uh probably just en- enjoyed having fun doing it <laughs> that uh, was sure it was whereas warrior i imagine was like arrive at the set sorry can I have my suitcase full of money? And he sits down on the floor and he's like, I'm not standing up and they've got to redo everything. Like, Warrior just seems like, out of the two, you, you, I don't know. I feel like Macho Man would be more fun to work with. And they and Slim Jim were completely in agreement with you because yes. when they when Savage joined WCW, Slim Jim well, had this obligation to stay with the WWF for the reign of the deal, which is why on Raw we've been seeing adverts for Slim Jim featuring Diesel and Bam Bam Bigelow that just aren't landing. That and I I guarantee you there is no way in fucking hell that Ultimate Warrior will have ever eaten a Slim Jim. In no, life. like we we had it, or we have it. I can't remember if we if it's before this or it's or it's a nitro thing. But I remember specifically there is one point with Steve Mongo McMichael and what do you call him? The other football player, Kevin Green. Kevin Green. That was it. And Kevin Green's pretending to eat a Slim Jim, but he's just kind of got the end put in his mouth. And he's not chewing it. And he's just kind of going, oh, for God's sake, you're being paid millions. Eat a bloody Slim Jim. This is it. But, you know, if, you, if you're a body guy and you're like, yeah. really into your nutrition then you're not going to want to do that are you yeah but one slim yeah but unless you're that worried about falling off the wagon you'll have one and you'll just go oh, I'll have this <laughs> bag of crisps I don't know I just think if, you, if you're going to give me a bag of money I will eat a slim jim yeah no, I, I don't know, I'll eat ten it's fine <laughs> you don't even need to eat them it's just fucking snap into a slim jim just snap it. Spit. there you go goss it out the end you monsters <laughs> Uh, so as soon as the deal ended with WWF, they they gave Savage a call and yeah. like, hey, get us in touch with WCW. We want to work with you. So so WCW and Slim Jim had a meeting. They signed a deal, and Savage yeah. was back in the adverts. <laughs> and they reckon, and, and and a lot of people think this is partly one of the reasons why like Vince McMahon was so angry with Savage leaving. And it wasn't even so much the fact that he left the company for WCW, but he took a big chunk of money with him. Yeah, well, th- that was the thing was that Vince didn't want him to wrestle anymore. Vince felt he was past mm. it. And Randy went, uh, you, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? Fuck you, I'm taking your money, bye. Yeah. And because I, what do you want? Do you want Sid or do you want me? <laughs> like, who's the biggest star? Macho Man Randy Savage, household name. It, just, that, it, it was in the classic Raw Review annals, the one thing that has just baffled us 
is like the the way that Savage was treated as like just a commentator, one of the all time greats, they'd say, because apparently he's too old. Yeah, he'd be there commentating on Nikolai Volkov versus Tatonka. Like, yep. what, where, what are you on? Why? It's, I don't know, <laughs> but it was kind of, you know, he's a very entertaining person to listen to speak. Mm. So I feel that might have been part of it that, you know, he was an entertaining co broadcaster, but. We want to see him wrestle, so man. He's fucking macho, man. He ended up being the spokesman for Slim Jim for almost a decade, and mm-hmm. they just went with him. Even when he wasn't under a contract with the, with the company, they stayed with him. Uh, when Savage passed away, Slim Jim shut down for the day to mourn his passing. Fuck. They actually closed That's the business for a That's a man who made a mark on that yeah. business. Yeah. Slim Jim That's went, huge. don't come into work. We'll have a day for the day for the macho man. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's amazing. What a, what, a, what a guy. What, so, a, what a lovely yeah. global corporation. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to snap into a Slim Jim now. Send us 10. We'll eat them while we do this podcast. Oh, I'd love to be Not, a Slim Jim spokesman. I'd be down for that. Hey, look, yeah. if you work for a Slim Jim and you want to give us a sponsor. <laughs> if you work for a Slim Jim. <laughs> a Slim Jim. If you work for Keith Slim Jim, as, is, as we all know, the company is named yes. after him. Yeah, of course. The eponymous Slim Jim. Then do get in touch. It'd be nice to work with you. Um, so... That's the advert for Slim Jim. Ric Flair now out for a chat. He's out chatting again. He says, Arn Anderson broke the code by bringing an outsider in to get involved in their rivalry. Flair says tonight he's going to chop Brian Pillman so hard, the former assassin will feel it in Long Island, and then he'll kick Arn's ass. Nice fiery promo. And then they apologize and, oh, somebody, we should be censored. Oh, censor. (laughs) Don't say ass, but please talk about (laughs) hospitals and stuff. Uh, Nice little promo from Flair. They kept Mm -hmm. it short and simple and tight and bright, which is good. Uh, Saturday night on WWE Saturday night this week, we're seeing Sting versus William Regal. Giggling William Regal. Um, <laughs> uh, a rematch for a from War Games, Sam Driver. Right. What rematch do you want to see for free on telly? Try to remember. <laughs> Give me the answer. Well, <laughs> if you thought I'd love to see Brian Pillman versus Johnny B. Bad again, because yeah, that was okay. a hell of a match. Yeah. Fuck you. You're getting Pittman versus Cobra again. <laughs> well, in fairness, <laughs> it wasn't really much of a match, was it? So they're going to get maybe three minutes Yeah. <laughs> on Saturday night. We're also getting an interview with Death Rhodes and an update on Hulk Hogan's condition on Saturday night. So that's, uh, that's happening on Saturday night. But... I, I imagine Hulk's doing fine in his pool <laughs> uh, on his big floaty. He got his neck broken by the son of his greatest rival. Oh, it's the Surely most, he's bad, it, brother, most, brother, 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 brother. Most comically action movie neck break ever. <laughs> I know. Because the giant shakes his hands the entire time <laughs> as they're coming down, gets the vice grip locked on, starts squeezing the head while his hands are still doing this, and then just goes, Woo! <laughs> Hogan's like lying there flopping around like bloody Devon Dudley. <laughs> just like... <laughs> I like if we go to his house and he's still flopping. <laughs> like he's had real bad nerve damage. Um, Paul Orndorff is up next. We talked about that amazing match from Fall Brawl. Uh, Mark Marrow taking on, well, Johnny B. Bad taking yes. on Paul Orndorff now. Yes, and Paul Orndorff makes it very clear that he's Mr. Wonderful <laughs> by using a mirror. I don't know if we've <laughs> spoke about an Orndorff match. Well, no, because this, um, this is the first time we're seeing this revamped, rejuvenated Paul Orndorff. Yes, the new Mr. Wonderful. Gary Spivey never messaged me back, by the way. Oh. I'm furious. So Gary Spivey from the Psychic He probably Friends. didn't know it was happening. <laughs> Should have done. You know, people have got in their drafts 
for waiting for the day that Gary Spivey dies. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> the oldest joke. I know. Uh, but Paul Orndorff has got a new lease on life after his conversation with Gary Spivey. He's got new music! He does, and it is terrible. <laughs> It is fucking terrible. It is, the, it is fucking it's awful. The dirt worst. It's like a massive piano <laughs> intro, and then you ah. legitimately hear somebody who sounds like they. I, their voice just sounds creamy. It's like Morrissey. It's like <laughs> wonderful. You're just so wonderful. And then a woman, a woman's voice comes in, but it's it's just repeating it's like the same thing over and over Almost again. the woman, wasn't she? Yeah, I think uh, is it Heenan accuses? Uh, what Heenan's like? I don't even think that's human. It <laughs> yeah. could just be a pet's party trick. Just <laughs> immediately buries the song. Uh, should you want to sing along? The lyrics are wonderful. He's so wonderful. You know he's wonderful, and he knows it too. Wonderful. He's so wonderful. You know he's wonderful, and he knows it too. Rinse, repeat, <laughs> rinse, repeat. But Swapping the vocals from like uh, from Morrissey to an operatic yeah. to Catherine Jenkins. <laughs> Catherine part Jenkins, of, me, of part which of me, part of me hopes that Jimmy Hart is that initial voice, just that that deep <laughs> male operatic voice. Jimmy Hart, right? He signed off on this, and I just <laughs> just thinking Jimmy Hart. He's hearing what we're hearing, and he's going, "Yeah, baby." Yeah. No, Jimmy Hart's yeah, hearing what we're hearing and going ka-ching, 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 <laughs> because I believe all of the music he wrote basically with his partners. and it, like Jimmy Hart had a whole career in music before he was ever involved in wrestling. Jimmy Hart was a millionaire. Mm. Jimmy Hart was a chart-like sensation for a while, I believe. He had one song that made it into the top 10 maybe as well. I think like he was definitely involved with something that made it to US radio and and you know he was a bit of a big deal or a bit, bit of a star on the rise before he'd move into the wrestling industry. So I think he had his own recording facilities. I think that it was all the same kind of contributors that he was working with. So mm. really, he's just in a position with WCW where he almost gets to, I imagine, name his own price. Very true. And then he just goes, ah, is it ready yet? <laughs> ah, well, we've only got two voices in for Mr. Ah, it's fine. Fuck it. Just you, get it out you there. read the lyrics, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got wonderful. He's so wonderful. She yeah. knows wonderful. He knows to do. Uh, we, we need one for DDP. What I'll can do. we use? Well, it smells like teen spirit. Yeah, just, just reverse the chords. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Hart, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> you devil. <laughs> So it's Paul Orndorff and Johnny B. Bad. Orndorff is on the back foot until he counters Bad's top rope. Nothing. Uh, Stacks it on a gorgeous top rope splash. I never see Orndorff go top. Yes. His body. of his size. And shape. (laughs) Weird shape. And I know this is. He's like an old school. It's like when you see people like Bruno. And it's like, that's that's like natural. And it's like, he's just big. There's muscles that you don't even know exist. It's like, what? What? Like, and he's at the same time, he's just like, he's not like all sculpted and cut like some sort of like bodybuilder. He's just massive. And it's just like, what? I imagine punching like Orndorff or Bruno in the stomach would just result in a broken hand. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but like, obviously, like, he he famously talked about this uh, long before his passing where he he suffered a, an injury on his arm and yeah. he meant to have surgery back in the 80s, but instead he opted to do this house show run with yes. Hogan, uh, which led to atrophy, which is why his arms are quite small. So, yeah, but he's got like this big set body and these smaller arms. It's a bit like Mr. Strong from Mr. I think, is it? I thought it was only one arm that he had that was slightly I think he had the smaller. match. 
But it was basically, yeah, he, he does have a smaller arm, or at least one arm that's yeah. smaller. But yeah, he, he opted to keep going, and he just, you know, carried on. You know, it, it didn't really affect him, I don't think, too much in terms of, like, people looking at him and going, well, is your arm small or anything? But, like... Just sort of just one of those things, isn't it? Weird body shape. But this, uh, uh, stack, after stacking it on that top rope splash, uh, Johnny B. Bad fights with some boxing lefts because obviously he's yes. got boxing's golden, golden gloves. gloves. He bangs on about that in the Attitude Era. Uh, hits a nice dive to the outside. Nice back and forth. It ends with Orndorff countering a sunset flip, sitting down on B. Bad for the three. Not just anyway, sitting on his face. Sitting right on his face and telling him he loves him. <laughs> what a weird decision. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's even Johnny B. Bad's like rolling around the ring just going, what? Yeah, why did <laughs> Commentary I... are like, yeah, and he sat on his head. What are you on about? He's like, come here, I'll sit on your head. And I'm like, what? It's just, it's strange after like Johnny B. Bad won that banger 24 yes. hours ago. And is the top contender to face Sting for the television title. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the television title, isn't it? Or well, the United States title. United, United States, States title. And so for him to lose, like, clean as a whistle, really, to Paul Orndorff. But they're, they're trying Sorry, to get over Orndorf. the new Mr. Wonderful. They're trying to establish him as a heel. You could have done that with you know, anybody. They, they had him come out with the mirror and everything. I know, but... Do it, it Pittman. When you've got a chipper underdog baby face like... You want to shut Bad, them down. You don't want to shut them down. You want to put a big roadblock in the way. And Orndorff is a massive roadblock, provided they can get it to work properly. So if he's a big self-obsessed, horrible asshole, and he's telling the crowd how beautiful and amazing he is. Johnny B. Bad's coming out and throwing fucking frisbees and, and <laughs> confetti. Like, people like Johnny B. Bad, so they hate Orndorff. I like how you have the Classic. same optimism about <laughs> WCW that I try and have about WWE now. <laughs> like, I really admire that. Like I don't I'm, need optimism. I know where this fucking <laughs> shit show ends. <laughs> <laughs> we know that we see the right on the wall already. But anyway, either way, Orndorff wins. Well done. Um, WCW stars have been in an episode of Baywatch. Yes, they have. Uh, and we, we cut to Macho Man lifting some weights oh on the beach, which God. can't be safe at all. No, if there the were slightest. no blocks down, that could have that could have fallen on you know his neck. But it doesn't matter because out comes Sullivan while all the Baywatch people are all stood around going, yeah, Macho Man, lift that weight. Uh, then you had, you know, all the, just everybody kind of around, yeah, Macho Man. Uh, and then out comes Sullivan, shoves the weight down on his throat and then beats him up a bit until Flair emerges and Flair kind of saves Macho Man, gets, gets Sullivan away from him and he's like, man, the devil's gone crazy. Now, <laughs> do you ever get those segments that you think that the people involved probably write themselves? Savage yeah. has gone, I want to be weightlifting surrounded by women. This is <laughs> like, this feels like a Savage joint. Was, but was their episode of Baywatch not full of that kind of stuff? Because I seem to remember there are a fair few images of them all in some libraries out there of them on the beach lifting weights and stuff. But at the same time, this was probably being filmed in a break like for lunch or something on the set of Baywatch or just before they started or whatever. So it will have been a quick little, just ah, just you just attack him, you just work it out, take the camera, go with you. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. So um, the episode in question uh, features Hogan and Vader's rivalry played out. You see uh, the cage match from Bash to the Beach on the show. Here's yep. the fun thing. 
This episode of Baywatch doesn't air until early 1996. <laughs> by which point Vader is well established yes. in the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone by the he's gone by then and oh that's br- I love I love that so much. Has <laughs> Vader by that point been been arrested in the Middle East? Yes, yeah. he has. So Vader's currently uh, away from things with WCW. They're working out what happens next. He's not officially gone yet. Yes. But he's uh, and he's had or and he's had a fight with Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Orndorff again. Orndorff <laughs> again getting in the way um yeah so this bleeds into a randy savage in-ring interview yes savage wasn't very happy that flair came to his aid from the attack but on the task he, he just kind of brushes flair off he's like well it happened you know whatever like, yeah it's just hey, i'm not here to talk about that and then he goes on from there but can we just quickly talk about what he's wearing because those are either can, lipstick marks or bullet holes. And I think they're bullet holes. I think they're bullet holes. Yeah, because they kind of look, they're a bit skewed on the collar, so they look a bit more like a mouth. But then mm. when you see the hat, it's just bloody bullet holes. <laughs> He's just wearing an all-white suit, white cowboy hat with macho on it, written in blood and bullet holes. <laughs> That's pretty macho, though, to be shot and keep on going. Yeah. That's what was that's the he story. He looks like a t- fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> I think he always... It's like Swiss cheese. He always did, though. That's why I love him. Uh, this fabulous-looking Randy Savage turns his attention to Hogan, who he says is a bad judge of character when it comes to Lex Luger, uh, as Luger attacked him at War Games. Yes. Did we, now I know we chatted a lot through War Games. We missed it, but yes. Did we it miss happened. it? It was because it just seemed like from the the bits I pieced together. I think anyway, it was just like an accidental cheap shot. It yeah, wasn't. It's, it's not like I can't quite remember the full deal, but either way, they had an altercation, mm. and then out comes Luger. In, uh, in the exact same clothing he wore for his debut. Mm. Hello, I'm in a white shirt, <laughs> black jeans. That's his look, apparently. That's it. He was he luxurious <laughs> hair that's always blowing backwards, even if he's standing still. <laughs> it's just wafting in the non-existent breeze. And uh, Luger is, is basically throwing it down uh, against Savage. Savage says you're either with him or against him. And uh, Luger... Savage is kind of accusing them of of being turncoats, though, isn't he? He's yeah. kind of stood there going, like, oh, there'll be a new like Dungeon of Doom, and it's going to have uh, Luger in it, it's going to have Sting in it, and it's going to have... And he's just sort of running off on one. Luger's sick of playing games with kids. He wants to play with the big boys. I've quoted Luger. <laughs> I don't want to play with kids. I want to play with the big boys. You go. Uh. I've written here, Savage says he's a big boy and wants to go right now before strutting around like a peacock. And this is the thing. Savage, Wrestling! Savage here. <laughs> Savage here goes, you know, he says that. I'm a big boy now. Uh, I'm stuff. a big boy now. <laughs> but... Savage then starts, you know, pacing around and getting energetic and the referee's starting to be like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Luger just stands there the entire time like a fucking lemon. <laughs> just like, I'm not even kidding. He's just looking off into the fucking middle distance. Right? Savage actually gets to a point where Savage gets around the referee and so he just gently, like, slaps him. Just gently just taps him on the face. And then Luger kind of goes... <laughs> And then they cut to break. And then Bischoff's like, oh, God, it's all going to pop off. It's all going to pop off. Oh, this is going to be crazy. Come back after the break. And uh." And then when we get back, he goes, oh, well, they they cleared the ring. And and Luger was throwing some slaps. And, 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 you know, we got him out of here, though. We got him out of here. We got him out of here. Everything's all right. Why tease something's going to happen? It's just more more standing there and having the gall, sitting there, rather, Mr. Bischoff, and having the gall to be like, oh, Luger gave as good as he got. We saw. We saw Savage (laughs) have to literally go. 
And it was like that hard. It was just like he proper swung in the arm gently and went like that. And Luca just kind of goes, just like walks it off. And like almost snaps out and then starts doing this a little bit. It's like, there's no way he slapped Match. How is, no way. How is Luca, who's been to every rest, major wrestling company, so disconnected with stuff like this? Like, it's it's weird. Like, I know how someone's, people say like, oh, it's just, some, it's sometimes it's just in your instinct. But then surely the instinct is like to... Give a little bit more. In, He's so rigid. In fairness, he you hasn't... You can iron your clothes on him. He hasn't made the mistake of calling it WWF. He hasn't. He did successfully say, you know, WCW title made it sound convincing and everything as he was doing the promo part. I mean, it's still a bit lackluster, but he seems to be trying. It's just that Lex Luger for me, I don't know, like... Part of me thinks it is this idea that Lex Luger sees wrestling kind of like Warrior as a job. But then yeah. part of me worries like, worries? Part of me thinks he's maybe worrying a bit too much about what he's supposed to be doing when somebody else is talking or when, you know, the crowd are interacting and when, like, how do we, how do I get to that point, where, you know, where I'm, I'm just seamlessly doing all this and I feel like he gets a bit too in his own head. Because he almost freezes up at yeah. times, it seems. It's it's strange. But for someone who's done it for so long. Yeah. Like, but he was never really counted on to be a big talker, was he, initially? No, but you just thought, you know, over time, sort of viral's Absorb it, yeah. you would pick up a bit of that. And I just never get that from Luke. It's just, <laughs> it's just quite funny to watch. Like, you could tell, like, he's thinking through everything. Yeah. You know, I did a, I did a Twitch stream on Monday where I spent three hours trying to learn to juggle. and and I And I feel like... Whilst doing that, I was going through the same mental motions and processes that Luger goes through. <laughs> where it's just like, I'm having to think about everything, but nothing seems to flow properly. I don't get it. I hope we'll see what he does in years to come. Won't change that much. What are you on about? He gets a ponytail. <laughs> I forgot. He grows a personality in the form of a ponytail. Uh, right, we get footage of Hulk Hogan from Full Brawl. Oh, yes. Now, yes, when we walked yes, into this yes. room, Sam Driver said to me, are we going to talk about the recap from the main event, which is the weird, ironically titled pre-show that WCW used to do? Yes. And I said, of course we are. And you lit up like a Christmas tree. So you want to talk about this? So uh, before Full Brawl, we saw... Uh, a little recap of something that had happened involving the giant and Mr. Hogan himself. Now, mm -hmm. Mr. Hogan is outside of the venue being, you know, all Billy Big Bollocks, signing a load of signatures. There's a load of people going, ooh, it's Hulk Hogan! <laughs> and, you know, mobbing him for autographs and everything and just kind of, he sat on his motorbike and then out of nowhere, the giant emerges, the giant runs over his motorbike, Hogan is distraught, he can't believe it. But I believe it's at this point... I don't think they say it on full brawl, although I might be incorrect, but it's where the name of the bike is revealed. And it's just the irony of this is, is fucking astonishing. What's his motorbike called, Sam? It's called Black Beauty. <laughs> Obviously, you know, named after Black Beauty the horse, but with everything we know about Hogan being a massive fucking racist. Don't <laughs> uh, sugarcoat it, Sam. It's just, just say it. It's just... I, I, you know, I kind of went, huh, when I heard the name of it, like, a little eyebrow raise, a bit like, oh, fuck. 
Black Beauty, the motorbike owned by Hulk Hogan and never referenced ever again. But no. in this one it was bit. His, it was his pride and joy. His pride and joy. And <laughs> out comes the giant to ruin it. Outside a venue in front of loads of fans. <laughs> giant showing up on his big Dungeons of Doom custom monster truck, laughing like a maniac with the bike under the wheel. And Hogan like... <laughs> Hogan's banging on the monsters of truck and oh. Giant's leaning out going, <laughs> We haven't had that yet, have we? We haven't had the monster truck That's yet. That's coming up. Oh, no, I forgot about the monster truck Halloween, Halloween Havoc, mate. Oh, fuck. Halloween yes, Havoc, yes, mate. Yes, yes, oh. We're watching that one. We're doing, we're doing a watch along for that one. Beautiful. Halloween Havoc. Beautiful. Uh, just stunning. And then, obviously, we get a replay of the, the shaky, handy neck twist of doom. Yes, the... <laughs> I've even put here, as you predicted, the monster truck will play a crucial role in an upcoming piece of WCW history. <laughs> oh, my God. Dungeon this of Doom. Day, the Night Hulk Hogan becomes a murderer. <laughs> what? Maybe for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly killed a few careers. Oh, uh, come to main event o'clock. Now, you know what, right? On paper, like all the silliness aside, main event, you think... Cool. It's Ric Flair versus Brian Pillman. Yeah. And, and Flair's still quite young here, even yeah. though he's a bit older. And Pillman is just really raring to impress. Mm, and they do. They get himself. And Flair as well has got to get over the fact that he's so fucking pissed at Arn mm. that he just can't. He's going to take it out on Pillman. He's going to absolutely do Pillman in and then Arn, you're next. Pillman is the Arn Anderson here. Within yes. the first few minutes, Flair is dropping an axe handle smash off off the top rope to the floor on Pillman. Within minutes, he's chopping the living daylights out of him <laughs> as well. Uh, Pillman catches Flair with a drop kick as he's coming off the top ropes. Pillman uses the ropes to get leverage on several near falls, and the commentators are going, "Why is Pillman cheating?" Yeah, they they kind of questioning the the moral questioning integrity. the moral integrity of, mm. of Mr. Pillman. I think that's that's not very nice. Moral if, powder. If you ask me. Mm, well, no, because yeah. the moral powder is not dry on Brian Pillman. Mike Tanay, uh is on the hotline, according to Bischoff. He has details of another WWF departure. Oh, no. Who is it? I think they're talking about Adam Bomb. Bastion Booger. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's probably Adam Bomb at this time because... Yeah, or maybe Crush? Well, or Bomb, is Crush still around? Bomb and Crush is still... Oh, no, Crush, Crush is long gone. No, Crush is other... long gone. Wasn't Crush in... Code of Crush is long gone. Doesn't Crush come back? He comes back, but for now he's yeah. long oh, okay. gone. Um, at this point in the WWF timeline, both Jeff Jarrett and Adam Baum have been for unsuccessful meetings about re-signing with the company. Ah, Jeff has okay. gone, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, after the stuff with the roadie and losing the IC title. Yeah. And Adam Baum has just gone, I just, I, I want to do more. And they've gone, this is kind of your place. And he's gone, nah. Is there it? is a really good episode of Jarrett's podcast about his departure there over uh, the whole roadie situation and everything. It's really, really worth a listen. Because so. Jarrett was very much was very much of the mindset of, if I lose the Intercontinental title and then I'm discovered to be a singing fraud, yeah. then I just then I lose all things at the same time. I don't want to lose everything at once. And he yeah. couldn't really see the big picture on that. No. And it's it sort of, in a way, it might have harmed him, but in the long run, it wouldn't have, like, wouldn't have mattered at all. I, like, th I think it would have been I, amazing. It, and it, But this allowed him to continue to team with the roadie, and it allowed him to continue that relationship whenever he wanted that back. Mm. So, But they would, wouldn't have would. No, it wouldn't. Well, happen, it wouldn't yeah. Away we go. <laughs> well, all worked out Beautifully there, Jeff. So I think maybe both of those will get a mention on the hotline. One yeah. of, actually, both of them 
we'll be talking about on this show soon enough. I wonder if they invented sassy reasons for them leaving on the hotline. <laughs> oh, they, you know they did, didn't Vince you? farted in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> Clickbaited it. He just put up a picture of like a, a, a silhouette. Just said. It's just the Undertaker silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> Who is leaving WWF? Um, Mongo is talking to Bobby Heenan about Ric Flair, saying, it's a shame you never got to manage him. And I'm sure that's Mongo taking the piss. Oh, yeah. No, because uh, <laughs> Bobby immediately fires back with, I did. I did. <laughs> and he went, yeah, well, I'm the place where he was riding around in a crap car. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick dodges a splash, gets back into it. Chop fest, followed by Flair landing a high shin breaker and a figure four for the win. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, it, it was an all right match. I wouldn't say it was, you know, phenomenal. Mm. Uh, Pillman could have really done with maybe getting a little bit more on the go, but... We still got a good flavor of his talent, a good flavor of what you know what we're going to see from him for years to come yet, and and we've got, you know, Flair getting getting a bit hyped up because after the match he refuses to leave the ring, and you know because Nitro always needs to go off the air uh, after a small ad break, Nitro needs to come back <laughs> and and uh, suddenly go off the air without anything kind of being shown. So after the match we do come back to Flair in the ring, mm. and he's uh, he's he basically says. I'm going to get, Anderson's going to get his ass kicked on Monday Nitro next week, he says. Yeah. Uh, whether that happened, I don't know, because it's eye surgery, but we'll find out. No, but then as we're going off the air, they're hyping up things that are happening next week, and yes. then Bobby's like, oh, something's happening backstage! That was weird, right? So they, as they're banging on about stuff for next week, Hulk Hogan update on Saturday night, uh, we're going to find out from Commissioner Bockwinkle if the WWE tag title's going to stay. Yeah. Bobby Heenan says something's going on in the back, like you say, and then Bischoff goes... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll look well, into that. Yeah, we'll look into it. Gone. And nothing is shown. And Lex Luger's match doesn't get a, doesn't get a shout out either in the end. They, no, they run out of time even for that. Time. You see the graphic for it. Yeah. So next week, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright on Nitro. I promise. Uh, Randy Savage versus the Taskmaster. And the, we see very briefly see the graphic. Lex Luger versus Meng next week as well. How do you feel about Brian Pillman and Johnny B. Bad having the best match of four brawl, yet both losing clean tonight to older lads? Uh, we also had uh, well, yeah, two older lads, but we also had Harlem Heat lose the titles to uh, two strippers. So That's true. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not great. But at the same time, I think the WCW, and especially at this time, they were still, you know, chugging along with a classic mentality. They were starting to, like, include newer elements and, you know, the shock reveals of new signings and things like that. But very much it was, you know, what do the crowd want to see? The crowd want to see Ric Flair win. Okay. And that's what you'll get. That's kind of like... I think that's what it doesn't so much plague them. It's just it, it's it's all they know yeah. right now. And as things begin to develop, and storylines naturally begin to draw more heat or more excitement, then it starts going off in strange and unexpected places. And then obviously we end up with Russo, which <laughs> we'll get to in a couple of years' time. <laughs> Thoughts on Nitro this week? Uh, I enjoyed it, but you know I. If anything, it made me want somebody to go and buy a load of old cameras, get a load of like slightly badly made gear and run an actual show and shoot it in standard def and make it look like it was from the early 90s. I want that so bad now. You're, in, you're enjoying the aesthetic of the 90s, oh, man, aren't you? fuck yeah. yeah. All, the, all the like 
pale ass blue, pale ass gray, <laughs> the over the top lighting, the strobe, like the mental strobe whenever you come back from an ad break, just all that. <laughs> Everything is too clean now. Yeah, far too clean. Far it, it, it doesn't feel clean. like WWE doesn't feel like sport anymore. And that's, they, they, as I was saying, like the idea that they're sat there and, and still kind of having that banter about like, oh, it's like, that's going to send him to the hospital. And they're kind of, they, they just willingly talk about things and say things like, oh, he's going to kick his ass. And commentary are kind of having what feels like a normal conversation yes. about what's going on rather than. And and of course, like the last time they saw it, and then he's currently like little lines, fed lines, just lines yeah. that will that will pop as memes and, then, and yeah, stuff like, like vintage and just shit like that. It's just like the idea of them just having a conversation and mm. kind of being like, "Well, I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna <clears> win." <throat> well, you're fucking wrong. Well, no, I'm not. Look at the size of that guy's neck. There's no way you're gonna hurt him. <laughs> like it, that kind of thing. It just felt a bit more bantery and a bit more like bouncy. I liked it. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a better one than we saw last week. It's steadily improving. And, yes. and as they keep touting, as I said, you know, we are the most watched show. They had some technical issues with the cameras at ringside in particular, and hard cam were set to different uh, different lighting settings by the looks of it, or maybe they weren't using the correct filters for ringside cameras. So it got a bit jarring at times where you'd go from hard cam, which was kind of just, you know, standard in your head when you think of a, you know, a 90s wrestling show, you can kind of see it. And then they go to ringside and it was like super bright. And it was like, <laughs> so they're going to work through a lot of that because WCW eventually ends up with some pretty good production qualities overall, maybe not executed in the best way, but some very good quality overall. And, and it, it's going to start growing and improving and growing and improving and then fall off a cliff. <laughs> I'm glad that you revel in the imperfection because <laughs> there's a lot of imperfection to come. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're back next week. Here's Alice to find on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold on Twitter. Don't forget to join us, American Males. American Males. American Males. Look, time we got for this week. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 